Thought Bubble Audio. You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in pints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks. We're two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as for the... Well, she's with me every day, but not on this podcast. It's my wife, Mary. How are you today? Hello. I'm good. How are you, Timothy? I'm very well. Thank you, Mary. Um, Frank is still on paternity leave from um, from Thought Bubble Audio. And so you have decided to, uh, or you have graciously uh, accepted my invitation to be with geeks, even though you don't drink beer, um, you know, which is very bold of you, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I had a seltzer tonight. Ooh. Ew, yeah. And not a hard seltzer, just a seltzer. It's a regular one. What flavor was it? I think was pomegranate? No, blueberry. Was, we don't. We don't have any pomegranate in the house. <laughs> Whatever the, what the aha ones are in the fridge. Okay, know. the polar ones. We have polar no, ones. In no, the house. it was a different one. No, oh, the aha ones. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, well, good for you. I'm drinking a blueberry lemonade polar seltzer right now because it, it's late and I didn't want to start a beer. No. <laughs> no, I just didn't want to start one so late at night. Um, so here we are uh, on beer with geeks, not drinking beer, but that's okay. Um, we seltzer it, with geeks. We do it all the time we we drink beer so seldomly on a show called beer with geeks as a matter so mary i've had you i'm having you on the podcast because frank as you know as our listeners know hates um frank hates fantasy <gasps> i know i know why am i friends with him frank i know <laughs> so frank hates fantasy the way that um well, I've said this to you before, but the way that you and I hate the person describing directions to a board game. Um, Spare us, please. Yes, please. I'd rather I'd rather stick the thimble from Monopoly <laughs> up my nose and have it travel through my body than you explain the rules of Monopoly to me. Monopoly is really not even that bad. It's I know. Like, it's like the games are like, and here's the tome of instructions, and like there's too many scenarios. I I, I played a game once. I can't remember what it was called. Uh, that I the directions took two hours oh to gosh. explain <laughs> before we started playing there's too many like um point value systems and then yeah. if you do this then you have to add this up and only if you do this then you subtract this but in this scenario you gain five extra bonus but it's like no 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 no, no. And, just give me uno <laughs> and <laughs> where the people that couldn't figure out how many pieces of candy you would get if you if it was five for a penny and you had 25 cents so wait for context my and mother then, was like penny candy stores they were amazing sometimes you could get five pieces of candy for a penny so my father my, my papa used to give my mother a quarter 
a whole quarter to go to the penny candy store. So she's like, imagine how much candy I got. And we're all sitting in the car going, that's about, wait a minute, is that what, 1,400 pieces of candy? We could not do math. It was simply five times 25 would give you 125 pieces of candy. But could we figure that out? No. So don't expect us to play any complex board games more complex than Clue. Correct. I'd and say. Even the game of life is a bit much. It No, it's not. Okay, maybe life, I it, No, that life is exhausting. I mean, life is exhausting. <laughs> the game of life is fun. Supposedly. 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 I don't want to play a game where you have a mortgage. I have to pay a mortgage in my real life. You could take the you could take the other route and not go to college and just live on the land or in your car, <laughs> like whatever route that is. That's not what we're here to talk about. <laughs> you started the tangent. Ha- I'm having you on uh, here because you are a huge Chronicles of Narnia fan, um, bigger than I think anyone else that I know. Actually, I think you like Narnia more than C.S. Lewis's own grandchildren. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so, I don't know, well, maybe it pays their bills, so maybe you don't like it more than them. But um, you're a big fan of fantasy, and we have a lot of fantasy out in the world right now. Again, Rings of Power is coming out soon, which we'll be back to talk about. I'll make Frank not watch it. He'll be thrilled. (laughs) Um, Frank, don't watch this show that people will watch. Um, (laughs) He'll be like, okay. Okay. House of the Dragon um, was just uh, released on HBO. And so when we've been watching the Narnia movies, Lion, mm-hmm. Witch, and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, and we just finished Don Treader. To be clear, the Disney Walden Media movies, not the BBC TV movies from the 80s. The 80, I think it's yeah, the, the 80s or the 90s. I, th- I read the other day. Today it was like uh, Silver Chair came out in like 1998, I okay. think. So they went that late. Well, but you're a fan of the books too, right? Yeah. It's, you're yes. not just, it, we're not just talking movies. So like when, when were you first introduced to Narnia? In my elementary school library. So we had, like, if you guys remember, like your library day. So you'd get to go in and look around and take out books, whatever you want to take out. So I would look at all the shelves and they had a box set of, um, it's the same box set that I own too, the with the, the really pretty illustrated covers. They're all in the box. They're hard covers. Um, so I noticed them one day. I said, what are these? I said, they're pretty. Ooh, a fawn. I didn't know what a fawn was. So I was just like, ooh, a guy who looks like a goat and a man at the same time with an umbrella and a scarf. That looks cool. And I think even actually before I even saw that, that's the cover to the um, the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. But before that, the outside of the box set is the cover of The Last Battle, mm-hmm. which is a unicorn wearing a gold chain, standing majestically in a field with blood dripping from um, his horn. That was the cover that I had for The Last Battle. Yes. That's the, had, yeah. Yeah. So that's like ones. the major box set that goes around. So I was just like, what is this? So I think. How old were you? I was. Oh, I don't know. Elementary school. I don't know. I start, I'm a weirdo, though. I started reading The Lord of the Rings in fourth grade because I found it at the book fair the scholastic right. book fair so i i don't know i could have been younger or older um but i saw them and i was like i want to read those but for some reason i think i maybe picked up the magician's nephew because it's labeled number one and i was like i don't know if i like this and then i think i don't know if i even finished it then i picked up the lion the witch in the wardrobe i said that looks more interesting i think so i ended up by reading that one and then did dawn treader and excuse me caspian dawn treader silver chair and then was like wait now i have to go back and read them one through seven okay like so, but now i person. now i have to go backward and call you a hypocrite for a second because because I was like, our, this is the one that should be read it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So like you had a whole conversation and you were so adamant that people should read The Magician's Nephew first. Yes. Even though it is not the first one written and it wasn't designed that way. Like C.S. Lewis himself was like, I didn't know if I was going to do the next one every time. So like, and you're clearly introduced to the world of Narnia in language of the wardrobe and you have to know what Narnia is in The Magician's Nephew because like it starts with, this is a story about something that happened a long time ago when your grandfather was a child. It's very important because it shows how all the comings and goings between our own world and the land of Narnia first began. No, 
context. What is Narnia? Very true. I think that was, was that the last one published? No, it is not. The second no. last one published? Uh, I don't think so. Maybe the second to last one, okay. third yeah. last one, something like yeah, that. It wasn't published. Like the main, he follows the Pevensey kids first and then branches out into the other right. stories. But no, I, I personally, after reading them all mishmash like that and then reading them through one through seven, I feel like I was like, oh. Yeah, the- but, the, but you hand the information in your head. Like if you're going to watch Star Wars, it, it would be nice to start with Phantom Menace, but mm-hmm. it's not designed that way. True. You're supposed yeah. to be introduced to the, you know, the that galaxy through A New Hope, and then you mm-hmm. go backwards and, True. and get that story. Touche. So. Tim's the English teacher here, so I don't know. I'm like, you could read it either way, however you like. Read it seven through one if you want to read them backwards. Don't do that. <laughs> but I don't know. I think you could read them either way because I've read them multiple times. I think I read them in order again in college. Mm-hmm. I think it was the first time maybe I read them one through seven was in college because I was like doing a reread of everything. So I said, let me let me do Narnia, even though these are super fast read. Um, if you're a college student and not in third grade. But if you're a bad college student. If you're a bad college student, I don't know. Okay, well, so go back. Anyway, so go backwards. So you, you put down to the magician's nephew because that was the same problem that I had when I was a kid. I, started, I told you before, like mm. I started the magician's nephew. I couldn't get into it because there's no context for anything. And then it's like, Sherlock Holmes still lived on Baker Street. So you're like, whoa, what? is Sherlock Holmes going to show up? <laughs> like, what's happening? And so if you start with Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, um, and then move forward. Like, what would you say is the thing, the kind of the quintessential thing that makes you want to revisit Narnia over and over again? It's we we talked about this the other night. Um, the the lamppost, Thomas mm-hmm. at the lamppost. It's like that that um, it just draws you in. You know what I mean? You're like, what's going on here? It's just like this very. Fam- it feels familiar, even though even if you're new to it, you feel familiar around it. Like it mm-hmm. just feels like a story that you can go back to and feel comfortable and at home. And um, I like. Like the I like the, so like full disclosure for all those listening like we're Catholic so and I love the the allegory of mm-hmm. it even though like even though <laughs> Tolkien and Lewis were friends and Tolkien was like I don't like straight up allegory uh, that's my Tolkien impression it's pretty bad um, <laughs> sounds nothing like him actually <laughs> I don't like allegory because he'd probably roll his R's but mm-hmm. um, like the, the the like if you read the Lord of the Rings you're like oh this is not allegory but it's significantly like you could read it as a, a secular fantasy novel or you mm-hmm. can read it as like a deeply rooted novel of faith without any mention of jesus god anything but then you go into the chronicles of narnia and these two were very good friends tolkien and lewis you go into narnia and you're like oh i see it and you're like we're watching the movies and we're like oh aslan is totally jesus and you're like aha i see it so it's like he slaps you in the face with it mm-hmm. which is kind of cool like as a kid i didn't get that but reading them again as an adult you say oh i see like the lesson that he's trying to teach and like what he's trying to pull in and how, how smart he is about it it's pretty cool do you think that he would have got you do, do you think you would have gotten it as a kid if someone was like that's jesus like do you think it because i mean it's Maybe. pretty obvious it is pretty obvious i mean i think like they are books meant for children like it's an allegory for children mm. it's not like it's a it's not like a like a dirty joke in in toy story that the adults <laughs> will get but the kids won't yeah. or anything you know it's supposed to be obvious for kids so like yeah i don't know if i was like really thinking but that how way many as a kid like, but how many stories are out like i can't think of any other stories that are actual allegories for kids there are there are stories with good metaphors or there are you know stories with good running themes or whatever but an actual allegory where there's like a like a a single meaning add in like add and replace people misuse the word allegory all the time Mm -hmm. right you know they're like oh it's an allegory for something like an allegory is like only meant to be one thing and there is no other alternative reading of it yeah and that's where tolkien was like no lord of the rings is not an allegory because you can like he filtered in 
his own faith your life, life right your yeah. you know his life is his inspiration and you can take whatever you want from it and he had been on record saying like i you can you can take whatever you want from this that's the point of yeah. a good story yeah. and and just and lewis while agreeing wrote this as wrote this as allegory you know mm-hmm. which is fine um but I don't know any other story when you're a kid that actually introduces you to the world of allegory besides mm-hmm. Narnia. No. Because, like, I think the first time you really encounter allegory in school, like, truly outside of Narnia, is Animal Farm, when people do that. Um, Usually mm-hmm. usually too young in school because, like, it's short and it's a classic. It'll be fine. It's got animals in it. It has animals. And you're like, you mm-hmm. have to know a lot about socialism and Marxism and... You know what? It's you funny. Know. When we read Animal Farm, I don't even think my teacher talked about But that's the that's we read the, that's it in like the, eighth grade. Right. But that's <laughs> the like, whole point of <laughs> Animal Farm. Like, why would you. Right. Why, why would you teach Animal Farm without teaching that component? That's the point of the story. That's why yeah. it was written in the first place. Yeah. I don't remember them talking because, like, our history at that time or social studies was like world history. We're learning about, like, ancient Egypt. And then in English class, we're reading Animal Farm. Okay. Russia is part of the world, despite what, like, you know, like, so, like, shouldn't that have been anyway no, it was but, like ancient world history like, oh yeah mesopotamia <laughs> it's always how it is so um let's go to the movies because i've seen the movies and I, i've not read all the narnia books <laughs> as you know don't, yep. don't sound surprised i know yeah it's for a dramatic effect for yeah the podcast. you know <laughs> You know, R2's mad at you. Um, <laughs> Guys, I told him that we couldn't be married anymore. Because yeah. He... Say it with a straight face. I told him we couldn't be married anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. How'd that go down? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at least he really has to work hard on reading the stuff for you. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Just work hard reading the books. You said very fine. soon. Very soon. <laughs> or else we're going to have serious talks. Okay. Well, that's fine. I will read Narnia okay. and you will. Um... No, no. There's no. There's no. Uh, no, no, no. There's no exchange. Yeah, excuse me. That's what marriage is. No, it's I, a clean I watched exchange. Alien. I watched Alien. One. You watched one oh, no. Alien movie. Nope. Nope. Do you know how many Alien movies there are? I don't care. Yeah. That was also on my one. birthday. Okay. So I'll do an ad. I'll do it. That's the whole point. So I'm going to say we're going to do a. Uh, we're gonna do a clean replace. That's really deep. Um, <laughs> we're gonna do a clean replace. So I will read The Magician's Nephew because you watched Alien. And then I will read Lion Witch in the Wardrobe and you will watch something else. And then so on and so on and so forth. So get ready. You got six movies. That Did you guys have. hear my eyes rolling? Do you, <laughs> you, have, do you hear them? Listen. You, <laughs> you have six. <laughs> you have six movies coming your way if you want me to read Narnia. <sighs> Fair. You read like a gazillion books in a week. Like you could blow through these. Yeah, so, Listen uh, to the audiobooks. The audiobooks could, are really good. You could. I'm saying you don't have time for a two hour movie. What do we do every day? <laughs> like, Watch Boy Meets World. Catch up on the Boy Meets World podcast. podcast. Pod Meets World. Great podcast. Uh, you so to good. It. It's great. Um. So. Uh, so. How old were you? No, not how old were you? I can actually do the math, and I know how old you were when the first movie came out. But you were of a age to be influenced by language in the wardrobe, right? Yeah, I think. I yeah. read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, and I was like, I want to write my own fantasy book. Like, mm. that's what made I have not written my own fantasy book. I am not a published author. <laughs> that, 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 um, uh, that little spark uh, mm-hmm. never went anywhere. So, but thank you, C.S. Lewis, for giving me some sort of creativity and like wanting to like create a world of my own, which is, which is really cool. Um, but I, yeah, that like just like ignited the fire, I think, for like my love of fantasy and just books in general. I used to read like three books at a time as a kid. And now I can't get through three pages. That's right. That didn't really answer my question Sorry. at all because I asked about the movie. The movie? Oh. Yeah. What? <laughs> 
I'm sorry. It's late. I am tired. <laughs> like, it's a lovely story that you're Thanks. telling. So, like, did you see the, mo- did you see the movie in theaters? Uh, um, yeah, I think I think somebody took me to see it. I don't know. Probably a I parent. Know. Yeah, I you don't have know. them. I know. Yeah. yeah, I do. But my aunt used to take me to movies. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, what about the other two? Yeah, I, th- I think I definitely saw the other two in theaters. Okay. Now, so so we're talking about the movies, and I say to you really fast: Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. What do you think? Tumnus at the lamppost. Okay. Um, Prince Caspian. Uh, ben Barnes and his really weird accent. <laughs> ben Barnes and his weird accent and Don Treader. <laughs> I don't, I don't yeah. like the Don Treader. It's not. I like the book, but I wasn't. I, f- I think of all the things that they did that like were extra that they just. I understand what they were trying to do with it because they were like, we need antagonist, we need evil, like just generic evil. Yes, so stories generally it. do need antagonists. I know, but like the, the point of the Don Treader is that they're like it's just an adventure story that's like kind of filler in between the other. You can understand. You can understand how a filler story does not make a good movie correct though. yes i know yeah. i get it but yeah like, they're like you need to get swords you need there's a mist that's just evil <laughs> <laughs> i evil. mean okay so but all right so it, like you don't like the mist that's evil which i can get behind it's fine yeah. it's really boring like you yeah, can walk like out of don mist. treader you can walk out of don treader come back 20 minutes later and be like oh, yeah, there's no well they're this. still uh <laughs> still doing that thing huh cool cool um but like the white witch is just evil right yeah she's just evil sauron is just evil but they're characters so oh so you the don't like the mist because it's just ambiguous <laughs> ambiguous mist it's yeah. this reference will mean absolutely nothing to you but it's cloud galactus <laughs> see i told you it means nothing yeah. to you but the people on the people who listen to the show will understand okay, that that's fine. yeah so basically i'll tell you so um in so you you've heard of the fantastic four yes, yes. okay so they made two movies um well they made more than that but fox made two movies in the early 2000s and one of them is the villain it's called galactus he's like this cosmic being that eats planets to survive um and which is like a like a very large being okay and a fox i heard he <laughs> i heard eats plants instead oh. of eats planets i was like that's reasonable that's reasonable why is he mean he's just yeah. an herbivore yeah no he eats planets <laughs> yeah with an e that's that's a problem yeah it is a problem especially when he comes to earth and the infinite wisdom of Fox decided that instead of instead of making it a um person in space that would come and devour the planet he has this herald that comes and like readies the way you know like makes the way um and uh but instead of instead of a person having a herald it's just a giant space cloud that also has a herald so it's like the mist but the mist is like i also have this knight that i send forth to do things ambiguous yeah it's no it just doesn't it doesn't work it does not inspire terror like you're just a cloud yeah at one point like eustace is trying to put the seventh sword on the table and he's just like swatting at the mist with his sword and nothing's really happening to the mist he's just kind of (laughs) like yeah but it's magic mist though yeah yeah Yeah. all right so let's go back to lion so lion within a wardrobe what works about the movie that you what works about the movie in conjunction with the book um i think they get um they get the introduction to narnia really good like the like the going through the wardrobe mm-hmm. setting up the scenery um they get aslan really well like i feel like aslan is like the constant even in like the other movies where i'm like meh, meh, about certain things like aslan is always good mm-hmm. and they like really like choice like choice i mean, I mean it's, it's hard not to be decision. when you just have liam neeson's voice and a majestic lion spouting 
throwing wisdom at you. Yeah, I mean, but they, they yeah. like pull like real lines from the book. I feel like his his dialogue is very mm-hmm. close to the book. Um, but I feel like the line, the witch in the wardrobe is the closest to the book in terms of like the sequence of events and how they present the events. There's no like real tangents or like add ons mm-hmm. per se. Um, but like but the things that they do add on, it's really at the beginning to set the stage of like it's World War Two. Uh, blitz is happening. That's why the kids are sent to the country. Right. To live with Professor Kirk. And they also flesh out the Professor Kirk character a little bit more, which I appreciate because he's he's uh, Diggory from the magician's nephew. So mm-hmm. like he was present when Narnia was created. So it gives you that like hint, hint. He knows about Narnia. Like he knows the wardrobe is special. Um, so why is it OK for them to add things in which in the line, which in the wardrobe, but it's not OK to add things or change things like they aged up Caspian mm. in Prince Caspian. And you don't like that. So why is that an issue? But them fleshing out Kirk or adding like the scenes with the Blitz or things like why is that an issue? I think the, like so Professor Kirk is an existing character and they're just giving you like a little tiny like nod mm-hmm. towards if you know you know you know what I mean like at the end he's like mm, try me like you wouldn't believe us if we told you sir like when they get back through the wardrobe he's like try me mm-hmm. because he does know um but they're not it's not like a full on scene you know what I mean that they're that they're really going off on a tangent etc okay. but like with Caspian they add in a to- like an invasion scene of the castle and like Peter's acting like a jerk so they end up by losing a bunch of soldiers in the battle because he is super stubborn and just wants to like prove himself I was just reading in the in like I was flipping through the the big volume of seven books that you have here um when Peter and Caspian meet in the book he's like I'm Peter I'm High King Peter but I'm here to help you I'm not here to take your throne I'm here to help you get to your throne like that's he makes a point to say that meanwhile in the movie they're like he's acting like a jerk the whole time he's like trying to be like oh, yeah just follow me man you know watch how it's done kind of mm-hmm. attitude and like no that's not really like how he's supposed to be acting and i feel like they just they're just like i always feel like they try to make peter a jerk <laughs> if i can if i can interject something here harry potter angst that's what they're battling against yeah they're like we have teenagers in this movie so therefore they have to mm-hmm. be annoyed they with have each to other. be annoyed with each other mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's like the the, the machoism of yes. the two of them yeah. and because that doesn't the the conflict already there's already conflict within the group in Lion Witch in the Wardrobe because of Edmund mm. and so you don't have to add anything there's already a tiny little redemption arc in there mm. and so but Caspian doesn't have that Don Treader do, like goes even further and doesn't even have an antagonist mm. right and so it's just kind of like a series of adventures like you said so like I think Lion Witch in the Wardrobe is the best movie because it's just a better story than the other Maybe, two yeah and yeah. so like and so not even that Caspian is a less of a story it's just a different kind of story mm-hmm. and so like they're trying to engage a modern audience without without realizing that people are engaged by Narnia the way that it is like you don't have to add things sometimes mm-hmm. to like sometimes you have to add things to round out a story what exists on a page doesn't always like doesn't always work on a screen yeah, or you need to show more on the screen to explain what you read in like four pages of text to be like well we don't have time to you know explain that like through mm-hmm. a scene but like to give people little tidbits some way so i get that like i'm never like why did they do that for everything but yeah, it annoys me that they aged up caspian I'm like, mm. he's supposed to be like 13 i like, think it, this is like a, a good difference between so like instead of glorfindel bringing frodo to rivendell it's arwen in the movies right yeah. so which is fine because you know because then arwen just kind of exists otherwise like mm. they love yeah, each other because they love each other yeah she doesn't have any story right but if you see her in kind of like her badassery you know like fend off the raves bring that you could be like this is 
isn't equal to the Aragorn that I know or that I'm mm-hmm. coming to know. So you can see why they're they they fit for they're a fit for each other mm. instead of like a like a, a a pining elf that just exists to just lay around to stand yeah. on a balcony, right? So it like that adds flavor and context to their relationship. Mm. But I feel like that's like um, Professor Kirk, yes. whereas the like um the Peter the Peter Caspian stuff is like Legolas in The Hobbit. <gasps> yeah. Look at me started. I know. Well, and I like Legolas in The Hobbit because The Hobbit does not have tons of that kind of conflict yeah. and it, you know, it wasn't, you know, when you're going backwards, it, it doesn't, it it's not as fleshed as Lord of the Rings. So like, it feels like you're just hopping from one thing to the next to the next to the next. So I understand wanting to add familiar faces and texture and flavor, but maybe it's not so much adding Legolas, it's more the um no it is it's the dwarvish elvish love triangle love triangle like, it's uh, more that uh, than anything but that's not so what we're here to talk about we're here to talk about i know Narnia. <laughs> we, we could talk about i'll complain about the hobbit anytime i know um and i will defend it anytime um <laughs> Do you want to see if if given the choice of no more Narnia movies forever, like you just don't get any more, or they continue with the series in the way that they were headed? What would you choose? I would see the series. Would you? Yeah, yeah you would yeah, sail into chance. mediocrity. Keep sailing into the mediocrity. Yeah. I know because they were going to make the silver chair, and I was like, oh, that's actually a really good. St- I actually like the silver chair a lot. It's like kind of creepy and kind of like adventury, and they're like going off to find Caspian's son who's gone missing. Mm. Um, because fun factoid, the star lady and mm-hmm. uh, Dawn Treader that becomes his wife they have a son mm. uh, Rillian but she dies because this like mysterious lady of the green kirtle just like turns into a snake and kills her um, and steals continue. and steals Rillian away and he's been missing for all this time so Eustace goes back to Narnia with um, his friend Jill Pole who's never been to Narnia um, and they go on this interesting adventure to the north they go into Ettensmoor where the giants live and up uh, which you never see the north of Narnia um, mm-hmm. but I like it mostly because of Puddle Glum the Marsh Wiggle he's the best sidekick he's just like dour all the time and like super pessimistic but in a funny way um what's it called what's he got puddle glum the what he's a marsh wiggle i don't many of our listen many of the listeners don't know you the way that i know you but if i had to pin anything of course i love the marsh wiggle (laughs) yeah if i had to pin anything in here it would be puddle glum the marsh wiggle (laughs) that is your favorite he lives in like a little reed yeah of course he does he's got these he's got reeds for hair he's got little like amphibious hands and feet he's super tall and skinny and like he just lives in a marsh that's the most not surprising thing you've ever yep. said to me of course yeah of course just, i love the yeah. marsh wiggle yep you just you're very on I mean, brand are, you, are you are you surprised i love narnia there's talking animals and like no i'm not surprised that you love narnia at all it's great there's there's nothing wrong with that i'm also but i'm even further not surprised that your favorite your favorite wiggle. character lives in a marsh yep. it's just yep. that tracks they also have a parliament of owls in that one the little owls all sit together and they all talk to each other about what they're going to do that's cute that's, yeah it's pretty cute that's cute i want to end there the show is over just so you're <gasps> aware yep so you can find us at beerwithgeeks.com and gmail and facebook you can rate and review us on itunes and find us all other places podcasts can be found you can also go to thoughtbubbleaudio.com uh, to, to find all of the thought bubble audio shows and patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio to support all of our shows mary thanks for coming on uh and talking about narnia thanks for having me this was really very strenuous coming up our stairs to sit in your office and i know you didn't even come up for the you didn't even come up for the podcast I mean, we were already 
up here. True. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just like moved from my chair to my other chair. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Life's hard sometimes, it's isn't it? It's real hard. It's real hard. Blissfully, we were not interrupted by a sleeping baby. She stayed asleep. I'm I'm surprised. Yeah, we, I'm surprised we didn't get five minutes in. She was like, Meh. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the monitor's off, so maybe that's why. <laughs> no, it's not. I can hear no, the ocean okay. waves. <laughs> okay, I can't hear it. So I thought you turned it off, and I was no, like, well, I can hear it. Oh, good. Phew. All right. Yeah, I have restored confidence. She's fine. Okay, great. Well, Mary, until next time, cheers. Cheers.